0: The next question he has is: How do you determine when a model is broken? Do you fix broken parts of the model or just the whole? Uh, if a backtest includes markets that don't make money over the life, do you reoptimize those markets or let them ride? Question mark. I think we've touched a little bit upon this, but maybe you want to deal with the question about the model being broken and how do we how do we fix that? Do you want to start on this one more, Jared? The
1: second question is much easier. We just, um, (laughs) you know, if you, it's inevitable that you're going to have some. Once you've done your, your testing and your research, you're, you're happy with your system. It makes good money, and uh, you're going to have a couple markets in there that underperform, lose money, and then some that are amazingly great. Uh, So you don't do anything with either of those. You size. uh, We we size weight those markets on the portfolio, uh, we pay no attention to historical performance. Uh, let's say wheat is uh, not a good performer, cocoa, bean oil. Uh, they're great because they add diversification. So, they get an equal weighting with uh, the yen and the crude that are probably the best money makers. let's say, and, mm-hmm. and some stock out there, of course. Um, but they get a weighting uh, that's based upon their contribution to, por- to the portfolio based on correlation only all trades make the same amount of money. Well, wait a second. We lost money. Okay. That's another show. We'll get into that, but trust me, they all make, we, we need to assume that their expectation for every trade is the same. Um, when a system is broken, I think, um, you know, it's, that's a tough question. Uh, trend following looks broken um, <laughs> because there's no trends now. Okay, so my system though, let's say we, we have a good trend period, and uh, I still think that it's not it's broken and I'm too short term I'm too long term that's where I'd start looking and asking questions. Uh, I got out too quickly, I had a big profit, and I gave back too much profit I'm, I don't have um the bitcoin, you know how did I do? In a choppy market, I'm going to do well. I'm going to do really well in a choppy uptrend, crude, heating oil, because I am longer term. I'm not getting shaken out. Market goes back to the highs. I didn't get out. Uh, A Parabolic trade like Bitcoin and some of the amazing monster trends. I didn't even need to be long term because it was like straight up. Then, okay, how are you going to get out of that trade when it finally does turn around and with and not give back all your profits very quickly as it sort of crashes. I think that's a problem these days, is the crashing in the stocks and in all the markets. Uh, so, how am I handling these individual trades that where there's a lot of profit opportunity? Maybe that's what I'm looking at first, rather than looking at the back test. Maybe. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that's an important point also uh, to to, uh, reiterate is this thing about, yes, you can have markets that actually have not produced a profit for for years, yet they have an important, they can still play an important role in the portfolio. I seem to remember if I was looking at uh, performance attribution, say a couple of years ago and looking back in time, I don't think we had made a lot of money in equities, uh, you know, leading into 2017, yet since 2017. Um, it's all equities to a large extent. So you want to be careful with, uh, and I completely agree that's certainly something we found on our side as well, and that is in the very long run, whether it's 20, 30 or 40 years, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter, but it's the very long run. We believe all markets will be able to produce the same level of performance. We see no reason why that should not be the case. Um, so, so uh, yeah. Anything you want to add uh, on your side, Moritz? Yeah.
2: Um, Um, yeah, sure. I mean, just, I mean, what, what I do is just, I, I sit back, look at the markets and ask myself, is the system doing what it's supposed to do given that market environment? And if there are no trends, we're trading a trend following system. We're not expecting to be making money. So the system is exactly doing what it's supposed to do. And, and so that, that is a, a question that I ask myself all the time, like, did something change? Um, is, is this now behaving in a different way than I was, you know, I'm expecting it to behave. And, and you know, the, the answer is thus far, no. And, and then also, um, I want to be objective about, about the time periods here. I mean, even if you know, we have, you know, three years in a row where performance hasn't been as good as it has been in the past. If, uh, if I can test a system for 30 years, and I have a 30 year record on that, and three years—that's like ten percent of that sample size—and just you know, statistically speaking, at ten percent, I mean, this is just not large enough a, a set um, or a quantity to arrive at any conclusion and say it's broken. So you know, I think we're coming back to that point of, um, you know, how frequently do you observe those type of things, and, and how long does the pain last? It, you know, it may last you know four or five years. And I still wouldn't say the system is broken because it's not yet enough data to jump to that conclusion um of yeah. course i'm following i'm following you know what I read i mean is how much money is there in trend following are, are we all trying to hit on the same thing is that having an impact um well i I don't know that i I don't have a one hundred percent firm opinion on that at that point, but you know those are the type of things that i'm mindful of and I'm, I'm looking out for um and um yeah that's i think that's the most important thing for me
0: sure no absolutely now george had a third tweet with the final questions. i think those are these some of these questions uh by the way we've already hit on so maybe we just want to hit on the ones that that um, you know you feel we have not already discussed uh, but he goes on to ask uh, do you do market level optimization do you avoid cur- how do you avoid curve fitting at some level all systematic becomes discretionary how do you choose the best parameters uh, best back test result most logical so to speak um, any final thoughts on on these type of questions uh, i think we already talked about parameters so just uh, earlier on
1: <clears throat> yeah it's i think uh, there you know obviously there's a little bit of um, preference uh, personal preference on what uh, is important to you you know sharp i think is uh, important to a lot of people um, i've already said i like uh, average win average loss the ratio of average win divided by average loss percentage of winning trades i don't want to pay too much attention to the a uh, theoretical back test, a uh, theoretical equity curve. Uh, how frequently am I going to make money? My 12 month rolling uh, rate of return or, uh, so I think that's where a lot of it comes in and I'll choose different parameters or different ways of trading than other people. Um, and so I think maybe that's what he's asking and I think that's fine. And, uh, but uh, yeah, so I, it's at some level there will be once we look at the analysis of the the runs and the systems we have to make a decision how are we going to do things so I guess there is a little bit of discretion in there and uh but I don't think it's bothersome it's it's, it's obvious, sure.
0: John, sure, no, I agree. I mean, there is obviously subjectivity in the research process, um, but once it's passed the research process, at least on our side, there's no further subjectivity or discretion. It's all uh, rule-based, and that's also why we decided to um, automate the parameter selection, so there was no, you know, quarterly or annual meeting saying, "Oh, we need to allocate a little bit more to this time frame or to this time frame." I mean, we we wanted to avoid that, but it doesn't mean that that's the right way to do it. It's just our way way of doing it uh, for sure any final thoughts on on, on this question from you Moritz so
2: well we are um, active systematic managers right I mean you uh, design a system that is that is your preference that's your choice um, you set the rules in stone uh, you run with it now that like we I think uh, said in another episode already there there may be points where you decide to make changes to those rules maybe minor changes, maybe changes in the money management rules, maybe you're adding more markets. That is all the active part of that, right? It's it's not passive, buy and hold, you always do the thing for the rest of your the same thing for the rest of your life that that's not what it is. But the rules may change ever so slightly, it doesn't impact or affect the character that there's still a trend following model that's highly diversified across many different markets that we trade. That's always going to be there. And, and, you know, when we have the rules and they're ready to go, well, I'll just go
1: with them. Absolutely. I really like your idea, Niels. I think that's perfect. I don't know if I would agree with it the way it's executed or I'd have to just know more uh, specifically. But uh, I really think it's a great goal for everyone is to um, put this systematic approach in place with an eye towards, you know, I'd really like not to really have to offer too much discretion and uh, emotion for the next 100 years? How can I possibly even have the, in a good, robust, scientific way, have the computer choose my parameters? And uh, I think this is a very, very good, interesting idea, and I, I like it. I don't do it. It's it's work. I mean, sometimes it's uh, more work to program things than it is just to do it by hand. But I, uh, I admire that, and I think it's a really Good mindset that we're going to be so systematic that even when we make changes, we're not going, we're going to do as little as we can uh, ourselves and be committed to more of a scientific process. Maybe that's what machine learning and AI
2: are going to do at some point.
0: Well, in a sense, we, 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 you know, machine learning is nothing new, right? We've, 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 we've had it. Uh, It's just becoming maybe more, more popular and more advanced with, you know, the, the changes to uh, what computers can do. But the, the idea of, of choosing certain things within trend following and also because trend following is generally a slow moving you know strategy it's it's certainly doable this was you know it's funny because we've made three major changes in the last uh, 12 years or so um, and this was the first one so so this goes back to 2006 uh, having automation in our parameter selection so uh, so it's actually nothing new uh, in that sense um, but maybe as Jerry says maybe more and more people will go down that uh, route as well.